You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Sided Network. This episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Friday, everybody. This is the post game podcast. Happy weekend. And uh, how about going into the weekend with a uh, with the Timberwolves victory? Actually, two consecutive victories for the first time since the first two games of the season. Uh, the Wolves beat the Spurs on Wednesday. We're talking all about it on the show here today. We're going to break it down, key takeaways, all that good stuff is upcoming. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every single day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube now, as well as all of your audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So uh, I said this at, at the top, but this is probably the most uh, the the most complete game we've seen the Timberwolves play since opening night against the Houston Rockets, who are obviously just a terrible basketball team. Um, I think that they still have just one win on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, I know the Wolves have one game since then. I know they beat the Bucks on the road, which obviously Milwaukee's kind of hovering around 500 still this year. There's some good wins on the ledger. I get that. But in terms of a complete game, um, you know, the Pelicans win was kind of a slog. The Lakers win was was ugly at times and ended up being a blowout. The Kings was the Kings and the first half was terrible in Wednesday, on Wednesday. This is the best wire-to-wire game we've seen since opening night way back on October 20th, so nearly a month ago. Um, this was This was fun. Uh, Minnesota built a huge early lead in this game. Um, and I think it was like, it's like 24 to three or something crazy early in the first, actually I have it right here. Uh, well, first it was 13 zero to start the game. And then it was 22 to three. The Timberwolves had a 19 point lead. The Spurs ate into that pretty quickly. And it was only 14 points at the end of the first and 13 at halftime. But this was, uh, this was a wire to wire win for the Wolves. They never relinquished the lead. It was never really close. I uh, got into single digits a couple of times in the, uh, in the, th- uh, I guess, second and third quarter. The Spurs got it down to like five or six late in the second quarter, but Minnesota got it, got it back up to 13 at halftime. And it was just a really well-rounded game. The defense was good. We'll talk more about that later. The Wolves mixed in some zone early in the game. I was very clear. I written in my, wrote in my notes, the zone is not working. Why do they keep going to the zone? And then by the second half, it seemed like it was, weirdly enough, usually it's the other way around. You you surprise a team, you spring zone on a team, and the, the offense struggles, and then they figure it out, and, and you kind of, you stop using it. This was the opposite. It's like the Wolves, like, figured it out defensively. They finally figured out how to operate a zone together, how to move together on a string and how to, how to be in the right, you know, the, the spacing of the zone. Um, and the Spurs are a poor enough outside shooting team that, that it actually, I mean, that certainly contributed to it, but it was really impressive that the Wolves were able to, to pull that off and uh, continue improving over the course of the game. That'll be part of key takeaways. So we'll get more into that here in just a little bit. A couple of other quick notes. Um, the Wolves only had two games this season where they've shot over 40% 
It was the Rockets game on opening night. They shot, or excuse me, from beyond the arc, I should say. So over 40% from three-point range. Opening night, they shot 42.1% from three. Tonight against the Spurs, Thursday night against the Spurs, 42.9%. Only two other times this season have the Wolves managed to shoot over 35% from three. 15 games in. So they've done it. They've shot over 35% four times from deep over 15 games, twice over 40%. And uh, by the way, both of those games, they shot like 35% in one and like 38% in the other were losses, one to the Clippers and one to the Grizzlies, that overtime loss from a couple weeks ago. Um, So the Wolves have only shot over 35% from three, four times this year. They're two and two in those games. And this was overall their best three-point shooting night of the season so far, this win over the Spurs. So I thought that was notable. Um, and, And the Spurs are a good defensive team. They came into this game with the number with the number 12 defensive rating in the league according to basketball references version of of the stat. The Wolves were number 14 defensively. The Spurs were number 12. And Minnesota hung 115 on them pretty easily. Uh they obviously got out to that big early lead, but there was never really a point where the offense was a slog. Maybe early in the fourth quarter, uh Towns got frustrated. There were some fouls that weren't called that should have been he did the thing where he started slinging passes everywhere underhanded. He had a couple that connected that were nice, but it got a little touchy there and touch and go there. Thankfully, Chris Finch called a timeout and things settled down. That's really it. Otherwise, the offense was really firing in all cylinders. Good spacing, good timing. D'Angelo Russell was making good decisions. Anthony Edwards scored the first seven points of this game. It was a 7-0 Anthony Edwards run to open the game. Pop had to call a timeout just over two minutes in. And then Anton, he had one more, one bucket the rest of the game until essentially garbage time. He hit a three when they were already up double digits with a couple minutes left. So Ant had seven in the first three minutes, then had three for most of the rest of the game, and then another three in garbage time, finished with 13 points. So that was uh, that was kind of funny how that all turned out. This wasn't a heavy Ant game. It was mostly Carl Anthony Towns with a little D-Lo sprinkled in here and there. And we'll get into those individual performances here shortly. Uh, but um, again, Lots of things to like about this one. I guess one more note here off the top was uh, was that, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll break down the offense a little bit more here in a second and get a little bit more in depth on what the Wolves did with Cat to get him some easier shots, what they did to attack. Again, what is a really good Spurs defense? The Spurs are, are and I, I, I guess we didn't really preview them much because this is a back-to-back, so we did the post-game pod on, uh, for Thursday's show. But coming into this game, the Spurs, you might look at their record and say, oh, they're 4-10. and 10. Yeah, they're 4-10. and 10. They've had a really tough schedule and they've played some good teams really tough. Um, the Pythagorean win loss coming into this game should have been seven, seven and seven. They should be seven and seven based on their point differential. They lost by one to the Mavericks. They've already played Dallas three times. They've lost all three times. One was a one point loss. They lost by four to the Thunder, uh, which is a little bit fluky. The Thunder, I guess, are are right around 500. So they haven't been as bad as expected. They've also lost twice to the Lakers already. One of those was a close game. So they've had an exceedingly tough schedule. Their wins have come against mostly bad teams. I think they had one win against a winning team coming in. Um, but they're not quite as bad as a true 4-10 and 10 team. And I think that that's notable. Jakob Pertl's still out, and that matters. Uh, but they're well-coached. They've got some exciting young players. Obviously, Keldon Johnson, Dewante Murray. Um, I mean, it's uh, Derek White, Devin Vassell. It's... They're all exciting players. It just hasn't gelled and and missing some guys has hurt them too. This is uh, actually the worst start that Greg Popovich has ever had as the Spurs head coach when he's coached from the start of the season uh, forward. So um, interesting that the Timberwolves were actually the ones that were able to to ensure that that happened. All right, I want to get into key takeaways here next, and then we'll finish the show today by talking about individual studs and duds. 
Before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? If you listen to the show, you have because we talk about them quite a bit. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown with football. And you can also uh, mix sports. Uh, you could take the over on, say, Anthony Edwards points and the under on, uh, I don't know, if you do this on the weekend on Kirk Cousins interceptions on the same entry. All users can deposit, use the promo, that, that place to deposit can use the promo code NBA to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So like the example I gave with Cousins and Anthony Edwards, you can, you can mix sports. You can uh, do first half, second half, et cetera. I've done both of those. Um, you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is easy. I, I set one up tonight, actually, during the Timberwolves game. I missed the cutoff for the Wolves game, but I set one up for the Thursday night football game, and uh, I can't remember which NBA game I picked, but uh, it, it, it's super easy to set up. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store. Download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk uh, key takeaways from this one. So, talked a little bit about the defense already, and, and I want to just kind of put a bow on that. Uh, along with that, right? So the the Wolves mixed in zone a little bit. Early in the game, it wasn't effective. Second quarter, there were a couple really sloppy zone possessions. And then there was like, there was one stop where they forced a really tough pass on the perimeter. It kind of trickled through, forget who it was on the Spurs, trickled through his legs, went out of bounds. It was Wolves ball and an out of bounds turnover. And then second half, it seemed like it kind of clicked at that point. Second half, the zone was much better and it wasn't every time down, but there came a point where there were long stretches where the Wolves were just playing zone. And it worked. I mean, the Spurs shot six of 32 on three-pointers, 18.8% in this game. And they weren't that bad inside the arc overall. Uh, they were, they were what, uh, 29 of 52 from inside the arc. That's not bad. Um, that's, that's well over 50%, but they could not make threes. And the Timberwolves actually did an okay job defending without fouling. It wasn't perfect, but compared to what they've been doing of late, that wasn't bad either. They also finished plus five on the glass, which we haven't seen in a long time, and only gave up 11 offensive rebounds, which again, not fantastic, but it's been a, it's a lot better than the, what they've done of late. Uh, we talked the other day about offensive rebound rate, or excuse me, defensive rebound rate. The Wolves were up over 70%. They're back down under 70% in terms of defensive rebound rate coming into this game, like 69.5%, which means that more than 30%, nearly a third of all opponent shots that are missed are rebounded by opponents. That's not a recipe for success. And amazingly, the Wolves are still a top 14 defense coming into this game. They'll, I'm sure, move up that list a little bit after this win, holding the Spurs to 90 points. But defensive rebounding has been the biggest bugaboo for the Wolves so far this year. This was a much better game for the Wolves on the glass. Both Jared Vanderbilt and Carl Anthony Towns ended up with 12 boards, and they really kind of snuffed out most uh, Spurs runs where it looked like they were going to continue getting some second chance points and some cheap open threes off of offensive rebounds, and the Wolves did a good job sh shutting that down. Minnesota only had five steals. They didn't force that many turnovers. They just played solid defense. Um, and even though this was a, this ended up being a, uh, a, a 25 point win for the Wolves. Um, the, I mean, I mean, 
this was, I think I said 15 points earlier. I guess I can't, I can't subtract 90 from 115 accurately. 25 point win for the Wolves. Uh, it, it actually wasn't that sloppy of a game in general. It was actually a pretty well-played game. The Spurs just missed open shots. Neither team turned the ball over much. And uh, and the Wolves just did an overall solid job defensively. So kudos to them for for turning in a strong, uh, a strong defensive performance. Um, related to the offense, so the Wolves... It's it's no secret they've been terrible offensively this season. They were number 26 in the league in offensive rating coming into this game, which is just insane uh, when you talk about the talent the Wolves have. And, and uh, we all know how talented the Wolves are offensively and how little sense it makes that they've struggled so badly on that end of the floor to this point in the season. Um, but that that's where we've been at. This game, though, from the get-go, Anthony Edwards, instead of settling and shooting a couple threes early, he got to the rim a couple of times. D'Lo even got into the paint a couple of times. Ant, of course, then made a step back three. And, and of course, at that point, it just kind of felt like, hey, he's going to shoot a bunch of these this game. But not really. I mean, the shot selection was pretty solid for the Wolves. As the game went on, we saw more and more drive and kick, which is so simple. It's such a simple concept. But the Wolves don't often do that. They don't have very many guys that like it into the paint. So what ends up happening is that the Wolves aren't running actual sets. If they're trying to do just read and react or pick and roll or whatever that is out of maybe a secondary break or, or even just the half-court offense, if they don't actually set anything up, they're too often just passing the ball around the perimeter, reversing the ball around the perimeter, stagnant offense, very few cutters, uh, very few off-ball screens. And it just leads... It lends uh, the offense to more longer semi-contested threes, um, forced three three point attempts at the end of the shot clock, or like kamikaze Anthony Edwards drives to the rim. Uh, you know, against teams that are essentially it's like the equivalent of NFL teams stacking the box against the run. Teams are loading up to stop Ant at the rim because that's what the Wolves' offense has been: is Ant going to the rim, deep three point attempts from Towns, D'Lo, and Anthony Edwards. That's been the offense. Um, but in this game, we saw a lot more driving kick, whether it was Patrick Beverly, even Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carlton Towns even got into it a little bit where the Wolves were actually dribble drive, kick it out, dribble drive, kick it out, dribble drive, kick it out. They had multiple possessions where there were multiple passes and they got themselves some open three point attempts. And that was really good to see along with that. Um, some of the creativity we saw from Chris Finch and the Wolves coaching staff to get Carl Anthony Towns the ball in advantageous positions on the floor, we saw some of that second half against the Kings. I talked a lot about this. They ran, there were like three straight possessions where Vando set a variety of different screens. There was some pin down action. There was uh, there was a, a flare screen where Towns flared out to the wing, got the ball. Uh, they put him then in the low post, and but it was it was I think after some cross screen action or something to help get a switch on him, and he was able to score pretty easily. And the Wolves did a little bit of that in this game. It was a lot more of him getting the ball in the perimeter, him getting the ball in the mid post, um, you know, kind of like free throw line extended instead of instead of the low post. Uh, I talked about this. It's one of the reasons I love when the Wolves run anything resembling, remotely resembling a horn set is because it's so hard to double team at the elbows, free throw line extended, mid post. It's a lot more difficult to double team there than it is in the low post. And the Wolves did a lot of that in this game. The Spurs... That while they did double team Towns on the catch, especially in the low post, they were not nearly as aggressive as we've seen teams like the Clippers, who basically blitzed him every time he touched the ball. The Spurs kind of, it was more of a lackadaisical, half-hearted double team. And Towns was able to eat that up with a couple of really nice pinpoint patient passes. Jade McDaniels got an easy bucket off of it. I think Jared Vanderbilt did as well. Um, there were a couple of nice cross-court passes where Pat Bev missed a three. Malik Beasley, I think, made a three on a similar play. But Towns was just in control in this game. And... 
Fitz just switched up where he was getting the ball. Occasionally it would be on the perimeter. Occasionally he'd get it, uh, you know, they'd run dribble handoff action. He'd get it up near the top of the key or, or the top of the arc, a lot more mid post. And I thought it was a really, a really smart way to attack this game uh, from Chris Finch's perspective and, and a way to get Towns involved without getting him completely beat up in the post. Happened a little bit in the second half, but at that point, the Wolves were just trying to get to the free throw line, get Towns some more touches. And, and I still, there was like a four possession stretch where Towns was just getting just hacked on almost every play. And I have no idea. It's like, and then he did the old towns thing where he complains. And I don't know if it's the ref swallowed their officials at that point. We're tired of him complaining, but there was, it was for the, for the game. I actually thought this game was really well officiated, but there was this weird stretch in the early fourth quarter. It made no sense at all. Uh, where, where towns got no calls and he deserved to have a better fate there. But that was kind of the least of the wolves problems in this game was that mini stretch early in the fourth. Okay. Uh, or I should say the most of their problems. They, they didn't really have many problems on this night. Okay. Let's get into individual studs and duds from this one. We're going to do that next. First though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat and high protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough for you, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. And maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. Pretty easy, although for the most part, the Wolves the wolves played well, so it's it's not very easy to uh, to to pick a dud, and, and I may just opt out of that part, actually. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is clearly the first stud in this game. One of his better games of the season, uh, pro- certainly top two or three games from him this year. 25 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, nine of 16 shooting, so better than 50% from the floor, a super efficient three of four outside the arc, four of six at the free throw line, only two turnovers. He also had a block in this game. 25, 12, and five, only two turnovers in 38 minutes. And uh, I mean, he didn't have the competition wasn't all too stiff in this game. I mean, Drew Eubanks started at center for the, for the Spurs, uh, Pirtle, I mentioned that Pirtle's been out. He did play in this game. He hadn't played in like seven straight games. He came off the bench in this one and got a few minutes. Uh, but I mean, he likely is in at full strength at this point. And, um, I mean, this was a pretty easy matchup for Towns and he dominated like he should have. This was a pretty easy performance. I talked about how masterful he was passing out of the post, the patience he showed, the five assists to two turnovers is, is a really welcome sight for Timberwolves fans. Um, second stud for me in this one is D'Angelo Russell. Um, there were some tough moments early, but overall, he was very good in this game. He was a team best plus 29, 22 points, five assists, three rebounds, six of 19 shooting, which isn't super efficient, but um, he was four of 12 outside the arc, and he actually got to the free throw line seven times uh, and made six of them. So 22 points on 19 shots. That's not horrible for D'Lo, which again, says a lot about 
about Tilo's game, but he was good in this game. He controlled things for the most part, controlled the pace, mostly made good decisions. He made a nice four point play, got a uh, Doug McDermott with his hand in the cookie jar a little bit and, uh, and completed the four. I think that was third quarter. So kind of as the wolves were building that lead back towards 20 points, um, and a uh, good overall game. He also had a steal and a block, a uh, good performance from D'Lo. My third stud in this one's tough. Uh, Ant actually had a good game, by the way. I, I am tempted to give him one simply because he didn't force the issue too much. He only attempted 11 shots in 33 minutes. And it, it like he could have attempted more, but this was actually showed some restraint. I'm going to give it to Jared Vanderbilt, though, because I think... Uh, well, actually, no, I take that back. Man, I, we'll give it, we'll do, we'll do four studs today. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to take it back. Six points, 12 rebounds for Vando, two assists, two blocks, no turnovers in 28 minutes. Fantastic energy, huge on the glass, especially late in the game when the Wolves were pulling away. So big game from Vando again in the starting lineup. And uh, my next one's going to be Jaden McDaniels, 13 points, six rebounds, six of eight shooting, did damage in the paint. He had a couple nice dribble drives. He had a couple of really nice cuts actually had more than more better, more good cuts than that. He just didn't get the ball enough. There were a couple of instances where Beasley, D'Lo, Cat did not see him cutting or chose not to pass him the ball as a cutter. But if Jaden McDaniels could be a consistent and successful cutter for this team, that's all they needed him to do is, is be a successful cutter, be dangerous enough shooting the ball outside the arc that teams have to respect you. Um, and, and that's all they're asking him to do is the fifth option when he's on the floor in most cases offensively. 13 points on eight shots, one of two outside the arc, six rebounds, a steal, assist, a steal, an assist, and a block in 31 minutes for Jaden. A really good performance. So those are our four studs. I'm going to go no duds today. Um, everybody that played, played well. Jordan McLaughlin only played five minutes. He was fine. He had three assists. Malik Beasley uh, had 15 points on 13 shots, but he looked a lot more like himself and had a really good first half. So good performance from him. Torian Prince had by far his best game in a Timberwolves uniform. 13 points, three rebounds in just 15 minutes, four of six shooting, three of five outside the arc. And he was actually ejected in the closing seconds of the third quarter. He, uh, I, I forget who the, I believe it was Lonnie Walker, went up for a shot and uh, 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 Torian Prince had fought through. He was kind of getting caught in traffic down below the basket, tried to get up and contest the shot and and hit um, Walker in the face with it, the palm of his hand, kind of the heel of his palm. And it was definitely a flagrant foul. I was surprised they called it a flagrant two and ejected him. I thought it would be a flagrant one. It was definitely excessive and unnecessary, but there, I don't think... I guess, I guess they don't technically look at intent, but I mean, it was just a, it certainly was not intentional by any, by any stretch, but they still ejected him. So good game for Torian. Hopefully he can continue that on Saturday. Um, but it was, it was fun to see him get involved. The Wolves next up, they have the Grizzlies Saturday night, no game Friday and uh, Wolves Grizzlies in uh, or at target center to close the four game homestand um, against Memphis. And of course it was just a couple weeks ago, Wolves Grizzlies went to a week, a half ago, a week and a half ago, that game went to overtime in Memphis uh, after the town's buzzer beater from, uh, from what 37 feet or whatever it was. That was a really fun game. So look forward to another good one between Wolves Grizzlies on Saturday. We'll of course do a post game pod. It may post Sunday instead of late Saturday, uh, but be sure to stay tuned this weekend as we break down Wolves Grizzlies. If you're not already subscribed to the pod, you can do that anywhere you listen. Um, and thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. You can watch on YouTube. You can also listen if you prefer on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. And if you listen really on any of those platforms, but 
especially on Apple or YouTube, be sure to help us out uh, with a with a review. You know, like, follow, um, comment, all that good stuff. It definitely helps us get some more traffic and get and get more folks uh, here uh, with the with the Lockdown Wolves family. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.